Sean and Cass back at it again. Back at it again. Live from Maine. Here we are. I love it up here. Yeah. Yeah. What's not to love? Maine, they say it's the way life should be. Mm. That's their slogan when you drive into Maine. That's pretty good. And when I go to the recycling dump area, I'm like, this is how life should be. (laughs) You go to their dump and you're like, this is life. Yeah, because it's like a dealing with the garbage appropriately. It's like there's a giant, there's giant, um, what are those things called? Storage container kind of things? Dumpsters? Yeah, but they're like bigger. Yeah. And it's like you put your cans in this one and your paper in this one. And it's kind of like you do it yourself and it's just, there's a lot of, I don't know, it feels like more mindful living. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, when you're, when you're on this land and you're like, I mean, I think a lot of the people that, that gravitate towards this area are in love with nature and want to respect it and uh doing your garbage like that is actually one of those things that probably makes you really conscious overall in other parts of your life yeah more conscious consumption i'm all about that because we can't get to ethical consumption quite yet but conscious consumption at the very least is yeah feels appropriate yeah ethical consumption i think is an oxymoron yeah i don't don't know if that's uh, that's possible i think the the ethical part would make it more of a collaboration than a consumption. Mm-hmm. You know, consumption, I feel like implies we're giving nothing back. Yeah. You know, a collaboration is just like, yeah, we're beings. We are nature too. We're you in collaboration. You feed me, I feed you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, like I was saying to my mom the other day, she's just like, we don't have any goals or anything. Like, I'm like, we got to chill as a species. We got to <laughs> fucking chill the fuck out. We need like 10 generations that aren't consumer minded. And we need to start getting back to the place where we're like, oh, we're the keepers of this land. We're the extremely, very, very, very temporary keepers of this land. I feel like that could uh, change a lot of people's attitudes, but we'll push it. We'll keep pushing it. Oh, yeah. Well, staying distracted is very easy to stay consuming because you're like, you can't, it's hard to be a conscious consumer when you're distracted. Yeah. Or like in a distraction economy yeah. of like, okay, how who can steal our attention for the longest and get us to consume more ads? Yeah. You know, so it's it's predicated on that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not trying to start this podcast off hopeless, but. No, I think it's like, it's like uh, setting the table. It's, you know, for, for what's going on. But I do love being here. I will, <laughs> I will say that. I do love, this is all your mom's art. Like this yeah. whole downstairs is like, this is her art studio and she hangs it up and. It's fucking incredible. I'm so inspired being up here. I've been like dreaming of doing an ice tie-dye project. That's what you have is ice tie-dye. We didn't make that, but someone did. And I was like, that looks really cool. And so I I had to convince my mom. I was like, if we do, she's like, doesn't, she doesn't like the look of tie-dye. Yeah. So it's like, I had to be like, okay, well, we'll make these mother-daughter matching shirts. And then she had like a screen printing kit she's never used. And I was like, and well, they'll screen print some collaborative art on it. Wow. So I got her hyped on it because, yeah, this is like the place where I like, there's the space to do the art projects. And I have like a backlog of way too many art projects. Yeah. Mother-daughter is like a the promo code that activates your mom to wanting to do stuff with you. Yeah. I think you could use that for anything. You'd be like, this is a mother daughter acid session. <laughs> what are you kidding me? <laughs> I was like, mom, you want me to bring you anything? And she's like, I guess a macro dose. And I was like, all right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, these, she's got the people up here thinking about acid, like these old heads, like they, they've never even done acid in their life. 
Yeah. They just live up here in Maine. And like, she's, she's an influence in this uh, little community totally. up here. There's somebody, I'm, I'm not going to name names. I don't want to get anyone in trouble in case they hear this, but there's somebody who wasn't allowed to do it, who I think is allowed to now, has yeah. gotten permission from their partner and uh, might be taking a pretty big dose today. So that should be interesting. <laughs> should be an interesting day here in the meadow on the cove. Yeah. Yeah. But thinking about uh, consumption, uh, it's been, I don't even know if this is worth noting, but it, it is in a way. Uh, I haven't taken Kratom in three weeks. Oh, right on. Yeah. I did not. I wasn't keeping track, obviously. It's not really a conscious thing. I feel like that's how we used to be with it. Like we would have some around and I'd be like, oh yeah, Kratom. And I would just like take two right then and there. And like, I, I feel like I used to barely be able to feel it. And it's weird because the more I've taken, the more I'm aware of uh, how strongly it affects you. How, I kind of yeah. have the same experience. Like for the first three years of doing Kratom, I was like, I don't even think this does anything. Yeah. And then I started to feel what it does. And then I started to like really feel it like where I can just take one and have like a very intense experience. And I don't know if that's just because I'm training myself to be more sensitive mm. um, or what's happening. But before Abu Dhabi, I was like, all right, we should quit. I should quit Kratom because I don't want to go and schedule one drug over there yeah i was like i don't want to bring it over and i don't want to feel like i need it over there and once i kind of cut it out i was like oh i don't need it Mm. but if i go and i think i kind of influenced you because i was like if i go a couple days of taking it or even one day of taking it the next day i wake up and i'm like i need kratom to wake up yeah i I never thought about that I, i always thought of it as so innocuous and like you said that and Mare said something similar. She was like, well, yeah, anytime you, you know, artificially raise your frequency like that, you're going to have a harder time the next day meeting that frequency on the natch. And yeah, it's going to feel like you're in a bit of a struggle. Mm-hmm. So that woke me up a little bit. You woke me up a little bit. And we have a friend that's just, uh, that's, that, that used it to get off heroin, but has struggled with Kratom itself for years. And, um, He's now like weaned himself down to where he's on the dose that like we take to just like do a podcast or whatever. And I'm like, I got, I got, let me, let me just chill for a little bit. Let me just chill on this stuff. So that's all it was just for a couple of days. I was just like, let me just forget about Kratom for a couple of days. And then three weeks just went by. And if I think back, I've had a lot more energy during these three weeks than what I was getting thinking I needed Kratom to get energy. Yeah, I also feel like it's like a, a fiery introduction, like introducing something fiery. And I remember we went through a phase where I was like, you need to stop Kratom because I felt like you were like had a level of intensity Yeah. that you didn't have any place to channel and it would come out in tension between us. Yeah. And I, I like, do you remember I like confronted you and then you were like, it's not the Kratom. I'm like, I'm not even on Kratom and I'm yelling at you. Like I'm just fucking worked up. Yeah, but I think I think it might have been. Like I think that yeah. wasn't totally unfounded that I mean I think you just got to a place where you got more calm or figured out how to channel your energy better or whatever. And then I also I don't know, I we're I think it's like we're always being the out like Mare turned us onto this idea that we're like these alchemists and always messing with a little bit of this and a little bit of that because there's no also there's no life without consumption and you yeah. need to consume to live. But so I've been microdosing coffee, which is like hilarious because I'll drink like this much coffee, like a that'll do you a tenth of a cup. Yeah. And yeah, it does me the whole day. But if I go over that or I drink after like twelve thirty p.m., I can't sleep for shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it like a little bit of coffee like that. It like it it 
it can wake up your nervous system without hijacking it, but it's such a fine line. It's a very fine line, but I've like, I've had to do what I've called like some more menial tasks lately and man, they can be really hard without a little, um, ally. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's what, uh, you know, like that stupid fucking, um, that Dunkin' Donuts thing, American run, America runs on Dunkin'. Oh yeah. It's true. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like I know they're just trying to fucking sell more coffees or whatever, but like we are already like extremely addicted to, to stimulants, stims. Yeah, no. And, and when I have to do like certain types of work, I'm like, yeah, don't even tell me I shouldn't be drinking coffee for this because like I need it. And that's what a lot of the work that people do, especially in the States is like or everywhere mm. to make this world go round is like needs to be fueled by that sort of stimulant. Well, my argument would be uh the opposite like let's not do that (laughs) you know like like, i don't think we need stimulants to make the world go around i think it makes us less conscious i think it makes us more um just focused on productivity and stuff like that and less on our connection i feel like our connection gets a little severed well you're also a big proponent of like that we need to do a labor strike in order to get like um, more human rights and fair wages and that sort of thing so Mm. you're just of a totally different mindset when it comes to everything yeah i guess but i don't know it seems radical but then you like in a one-on-one conversation it's most people would agree with me you know what i mean no, I mean, it, it's, most people would agree like, like, Hey, I've, I've thought about this a lot. I've, I've read about this a lot. I know the history of labor movements. I know the history of how we've gotten everything that we love in this country. And it's always through a fight. Mm-hmm. And the way the fight starts is by withholding your labor that gets their attention. I'm not against it. hundred percent of the time it gets their attention. You know that, uh, I was just reading this the other day that, um, Damn, I wish I knew the name of it. I shouldn't have even brought this up, but that uh, Pearl Harbor wasn't the first time that the United States was bombed. The first time was in 1921 when we bombed uh, some striking laborers, I think in a coal mine, some coal laborers, you Mm. know, and we just dropped a bomb on them. Seriously? Yeah. Yeah, in 1921. What kind of bomb? whatever fucking crude technology they had back then but i'm sure it was a goddamn disaster it killed a lot of people and scared the shit out of people and you know that's that's the government slash big business showing us like here's what we're willing to do we're willing to kill people to keep you going back to the office and you know we've just all learned that the really hard way the past three years yeah it's getting very scary you know (laughs) it's getting very like gloves off yeah you know well well, we just reading about how in Florida, DeSantis is making it so you need to register yourself as like a conservative minded person. Basically, your political view yeah. has to be registered by every student in the state. And <laughs> what the fuck? What, it's what the really fuck? dark. It's really dark. It's really scary. Yeah. Yeah. It's It's been tough lately because I think like you and I like have always fancied ourselves people that like are in the know. Like we know what's going on. We're, we're very aware of the news cycle. We're very aware of like the cultural temperature of things and uh, everything's become so overwhelming that like I've kind of like just fallen back from from caring i mean i guess i care somewhere deep down but like i cannot engage i can't do it well i think that you're trying i think it's like this period of adjustment where 
the way the ways you used to engage you realize weren't very effective so you're not really interested in engaging in that way whether it's like yelling at an aunt on facebook or whatever yeah, it is yeah exactly or like so it's like okay i want to tend to the garden i can touch you know and that's where like i'm inspired to like let the women in my life know like okay i at least have connections to people who could help you if you're like in a position where you are having an unwanted um pregnancy or something like that like how do i like grassroots kind of connect and create the universe that i think that we deserve to live in but um yeah i know what you mean as far as like there's certain where you're just like it also moves so fast like Mm -hmm. devastating news cycle after devastating news cycle and when you don't feel like anything you can do really makes a difference yeah it's um can be a little discouraging it's a lot discouraging i mean i was just I just um, opened up Reddit and I sorted by like top stories uh, past month. And one of the top ones is like, if Roe v. Wade gets overturned, the women of this country are talking about doing a labor strike. That was three weeks ago. Yeah. Nothing. You know what I mean? Like just, just nothing because we're so goddamn divided. And honestly, like what I was trying to say before, so uh, overstimulated it's hard to to get out of like that certain thing we do every day it's hard to get off our hamster wheel oh my god you know? well, especially for me but i <laughs> like being up here i was like i'm gonna delete instagram i like down i downloaded it again to look at a recipe and i was like sucked right back in yeah. you know because it's like it's just the format is like perfectly programmed to me and mm-hmm. what i want to like consume and the little videos and yeah. this and the color and everything but having a little break from it has been really nice because I find myself picking up a book that's in my Kindle and mm-hmm. I don't know. There's just, I feel like, uh, it kind of is crazy. I feel like I've been talking about the in- addiction to Instagram for like five years. It's just so real, but this is like, this is kind of like how you navigate life is like, uh, monitoring your inputs and outputs and, yeah. uh, but I, I'll say I feel great. I I love it. I love having a little spaciousness to kind of. It's kind of nice for us to have a little space when we're up here because you and I sleep in separate bedrooms and that's kind of it. How have you been liking that? I dig it. I think uh, I think it, it shouldn't always be the case, but I think for any relationship like ours where like it's been a long relationship and it's going to be a long relationship, like take the opportunities to have some sovereignty over the way you sleep for a few nights here and there. I don't know. Or like how you hang out. Cause I've been hanging out with my mom a lot. You've been kind of doing your own thing and yeah, it's kind of nice. It's kind of like we're going on vacation together. Yeah. But separately, do you know what I mean? Like we're ha- you are going by your own routine of like running. And yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really good here. And it's interesting doing this without like normally when we're up here, I'm like, cool, I'm running every day. I'm running, uh, there's like this six mile run I do every morning. And, uh, but I'll get up and I'll meditate and then I'll take Kratom. And once the Kratom hits me, I go for it. And now since I'm not doing that, I'm seeing what it's like. And it's very interesting. It's very interesting. It's a, it's a battle. (laughs) It really is. It's such a fucking battle. Like the mental battle of, of running when your body's kind of like, a little tired and just a little like. I don't know. I'm up here. Like I'm in the mode. I just want to relax. Like I, I love that no one's asking me for anything and like, I don't owe anything to anyone or anything like that. It's just, it's, it's really cool. It's a small window of time when it's like that for us. So, um, I want to take advantage of my body's like, just rest. What are you doing? Don't get out there. But my mental health suffers 
and I'm a little bit more on edge when I don't just get that energy out right in the morning. And it is like a fucking cup of coffee. You know, it might be tough to do it without Kratom, but it becomes the Kratom by the time I'm done with it. Right. Yeah. When I'm done with it, I'm like, wow, I'm back. I haven't taken any stimulants. I haven't even eaten food yet today. And I feel like this. It's a, it's a fucking incredible way to, to try to take on the day. And I have a much better day like that. And, you know, our friend who was, who uh, was and is kind of struggles with Kratom, we're like, what does it do? Like, what? why is it bad? Like, you know what I mean? Because I feel like you and I have just like edged with it a little bit for so long that we're like, I don't even, can, I need it, someone. It to, felt like such a positive ally for so long. Like, I, I think in a lot of ways it is. It helped us be more, like a, take it in the evening and before you go out and like you, you're, you're more social and it's easier to like mix it up. And then you look back on the evening and you don't really know that something happened. You're just like, I had a great night. And for people who don't drink alcohol, like, oh my God, it was such a mm, blessing. Yeah. But our buddy was saying, I thought it was really astute for him to even notice this uh, being so deep in an addiction is like... Uh, like I didn't have, he didn't have access to his joy. Mm. And that's what, that's, that really got me, you know, just hearing somebody say that and just being like, wait, there could be adjustments made to my life right now that could get me more access to my joy. And it's kind of true. Instead of like surfing the fucking, the chemical wave and trying to fucking stick the landing, like, you know, it's a little bit, I just feel like it's a little bit more predictable. Things are a little bit more predictable when I'm on less substances. I find myself not fucking even thinking about weed until way later in the day. Because a lot of times weed is the response to like, whoa, I'm too fucking, I I had too much caffeine or I had too much fucking Kratom or whatever, you know. But I I think, you know, all the things we're talking about, I think Instagram is a stimulant. Nicotine is a stimulant. I feel like Instagram and, and social media is the new nicotine. Yeah, it's like it's 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 like empty. It's a little something to do. Yeah, and but it's like empty because you don't really get any further the more time. Like if you read a book, there's like a, a knowledge you've acquired. Yeah, you know it like is affecting your cranium, but like mm-hmm. Instagram, it doesn't feel like that as much. It just feels like whoa, I just whoa, where did the last hour go? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like a cigarette. You're like yeah, that was cool while I was doing it and now it's wearing off and I feel like I need to do it again. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it's like. And I feel like uh, videos and pictures from this era will be like videos and pictures from like the 50s and 60s. We look back on everybody has like a drink and a smoke. We're going to look back at this era and be like, oh, whoa, people were just fucking texting all the time and like addicted to their uh, uh, devices. Like, wow, we really got caught up in the novelty of of seeing other people's pictures like fuck yeah i mean we've been listening to that johan hari book um and about stolen focus and Mm. it just like so reinforces how like i want to be like my mom she's she drops into the flow and paints Mm -hmm. like i want to be like that like i want to accomplish things i want to have to be able to look back on a month and be like wow look at all those paintings i did or look at this or look at that like I don't know. I feel that that's, um, God, what a cool thing to step into your drop into flow. And I think it's like, it's almost like, um, it's like real sugar versus fake sugar. Hmm. It's like, okay, you can get in a a flow of scrolling, but it's like, it's shallow. Yeah. And there's like a deeper level Mm -hmm. because it is sort of like a meditation. You don't have to think too much. You're just kind of going through it, but, um, 
it's like empty calories or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, your mom's very inspiring because like we saw her just fucking hit the ground running from retirement into like saying, cool, I'm going to move to Maine and become an artist. Like it's so inspiring to like now she's done it. She's doing it. Like she's in the flow of being an artist. And she's very fortunate that she doesn't have to work about worry about content creation or selling her art or anything like that. It's kind of a it's true artistry like yeah. she just really really uh thinks about what inspires her and does her best to bring it into this reality and it's so cool and the reason i bring it up is because like i get worried about my mom you know what i mean she's headed towards retirement and like i don't think she has something like that really you know she reads she has a lot of interest she does she does have interest and she does read and stuff um but yeah but, but like her biggest hobby has been like kind of emptying out the house like she's she hasn't been a hoarder like yeah. i think we all hoard throughout life but she's really done the process of like not having so much stuff like she knows where everything is and like organization yeah. is its own yeah yeah art I think. for sure like yeah she's in constant like nesting mode and purging stuff and getting stuff to replace the stuff she purged and <laughs> organizing it in different ways but the the majority of her life is spent like working and thinking about work and contacting work and getting ready for work and all this stuff and once you're out of that and she's going to be retired i think probably pretty soon once you're out of that like you really that's a big energy to replace that's like going to be an existential battle a little bit and um your mom was was very smart by just saying i've always been an artist like let me just do that well yeah and she values like the flow state you know yeah and it's so it's like almost so hard to get to the place like it's hard to set the table like talking about setting the table it can be hard to set the table to get to the place where you allow your space self the spaciousness to flow but like once you do it's not that hard to get into the flow once you kind of create that universe i feel like it's once you um like if you think of your creativity as like a river and your career just redirects it. It just redirects this river of creativity. It siphons it. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it kind of poisons it a little bit, and it siphons it, and it kind of just fucks with the direction a little bit. And it's up to you at some point to kind of take control of the river again and say, I want this flowing towards my artistic creations, not someone else's uh, accumulation of wealth, which is usually what we're all working for. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's it's impressive. And it, and it's things we uh, like to to redirect the river of creativity in your life is a big fucking job. It's a big on taking. It's a lifelong on taking. It's probably. a lifelong on taking. Yeah, because you know all that all that distraction, all those things is 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 keeping it in that old that old way. You know. Yeah, I just think about the life I want, and I want to have a creative life and creative days surrounded by creative people. Mm. And I and we visited our friend Forrest recently, and he had some friends like our friend James, and met these other artists, and they like paint these big paintings, and I'm like so inspired by yeah. them, yeah. And that's like where they focus their intention, and it's like looking at art and and changing their focus, and I'm like, God damn, that's so cool. It's it's awesome. I also see what fuels it too, because I was their age once. They're like 27, 28 years old. And like, that's when I was really like, I, I had that razzle dazzle about me and mm. my art because I was like, I'm going to crush everybody around me. Like that capitalist competition mindset of like approaching art like that. But if I didn't, I don't think I would have ever been noticed. 
You know what I mean? Like you saw how I was at the beginning of my career. You know, I was more like them. I was just like a little bit more loud about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was cute. It got me recognition and everything. But now I feast off of it when I'm around other people that are in that, that place. You know, we went over to Forest and he has all these paintings going and he's got a whole music room and he's given tattoos and like other artists are coming and going. And I'm like, all right, I feel I feel what's going on here. I'm <laughs> way into it. Yeah. Yeah. We jammed out with them. I barely know how to play music. and I was jamming. You out got in them. there. Yeah. Yeah. You got to get in there. We got to tap you into your music. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Not I feel like time. if I can like bring my iPad and draw or something concurrently, that's perfect yeah. for me. Yeah, yeah. You've been pretty good about that. I've been pretty good about uh, just overall like approaching every day this summer like like it's the last summer of our life and we've been waiting our whole life for it. Yeah. That's kind of how it's felt. I love that. It's it's weird. I do get these feelings of like, oh, shit, the summer's already almost over. And it's like, no, it's not. It's just getting started. It's okay. It does go quick, though. Yeah, yeah. Especially when we're doing, like, we're making this movie, Wooks. So it's like we have, like, we've looked out on the calendar and we know, like, what we're doing this weekend and for that week and this and that. And, uh, yeah, it compresses time a little bit. So, yeah, I'm trying to carve out more time within each day to really be in the day. Because for me, like you see, my best ideas will come from, they only come out of a place where everything else is in order. You know, this is, this is how I, I, I'm, I'm in awe of people that carry on a full-time job and are still able to have an artistic output. I'm like, man, how do you do that? Mm-hmm. Like, I can't, I can't even begin to have an original or what I think is an original thought unless everything in my life is tidy. Like everything has to be tidy. I think that's what fucked me up so much after we smoked Toad is like that realization. Like, oh man, I thought my life was tidy. It is a mess. Yeah. It's a mess of grudges and resentments and um, unfinished business and frayed friendships and just like whatever the opposite of mindfulness is. Like, you know, just a solid couple handfuls of relationships that just ended on bad notes and friendships and business things that dissolved and just stuff swirling around that I'm like, damn, this was a major fucking blockage to me being the most creative that I can be. Like I'm pretty good about um, getting something out there all the time. We'll always put a podcast or a church of chill or a film out or something, but I want them to be the best. I really want them to be a reflection of me at my highest place artistically. It's hard to do that with, um, messiness in your life. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, definitely. Like I can't, I mean, I think, and I think the messiness like exists on so many different planes. Cause it's like, okay, yeah, you got to clean your room, but then you got to also make sure that like, you don't have, like you're saying, the unfinished business, the resentments, the the <clears throat> things that are going unsaid, but might be being missed, like miscommunicated or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And, um, you know, making sure that you're straight, you know? Yeah. You're, I think the, and the, what I mean by that is like, you're living in alignment. Like you're not bullshitting yourself or other people about who you are or what you're about or what you want things to be about or something that hurt your feelings or if you hurt someone else's feelings, you know? Yeah. Cause then there's like this uh, unclear 
channel. <laughs> I guess is the best way to yeah, put it. There's just static coming on, on the frequency. And, you know, you're like, God, I, I can't even hear my idea, which the way I see time, uh, it, it already exists. You know, I just need to catch a snapshot, little quick, little focused image of it so I can bring it down. Mm-hmm. But I, I can't when it's when things are, uh, are, are a mess or feel a little bit messy, you know. It's weird. Yeah, I think other. I think it's like that's also particular to you for sure. Because I yeah. think some people thrive in the messiness. Like, their the chaos is their art, you know, and and the lack of judgment that they can have around the chaos and the ability to create amidst what might be to you like a total mess, but to them yeah. it like kind of is a fueling yeah. energy. Yeah, totally. I mean, in a way, I do thrive in the chaos because. I'll orchestrate a bunch of fucking chaos and fucking get all the dust and dirt and fucking muck everything up so much that I have a mess to clean up and then I can do the work that I think is more pure, you know? Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, I love, um, I love going to bed with a little bit of mess because I feel like if I wake up in the morning, the first thing I do is organize that mess. Yeah. It's you like my, really feel like you did something. I really already did something, <laughs> but like not, but it's like I got on a track that I can keep doing things. It's not like, oh, I'm already exhausted. It's like, okay, yeah. I'm on the up and taking care of business track today. Yeah. yeah. No, definitely. We've had, we've had days like that recently where we're so like tapped into our energy and flow and like, let's take care of stuff that we'll take care of so much stuff in one day that like, I feel like it kind of leaves us with nothing to do the rest of the week, you know, which is good. Six hour work week. Yeah. Six hour work week that we all, that we took care of on day one of the week. And then, you know, we spent the rest of the week, uh, fucking fighting over some dumb shit or getting fucking distracted by this person or getting pulled over here or whatever, you know, or wasting our time, you know, which I don't really know how to do, but I was just about to say, I don't even, yeah, not sure. Well, Instagram (laughs) could be a time waste, I guess, (laughs) or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all it is, is just, um, it's just kind of showing us like what, human connection should feel like it's a way to like get a little like a loose illusory microdose of what human connection should feel like yeah because i mean there's so many people that like i need to talk to and but i can sometimes get that like fill yeah through you know a little like we're saying a more shallow source and then when i I have that it's like oh i'm i got my uh iv drip of connection Mm. but it's like because I'm, i'm placated that's what it is. It's like a placation. It's the placation of your soul because your soul is just yearning, I feel like, to become more connected. And I feel like that's what we're here to do. Like we're born into an individual body and the challenge is to merge with the masses and, and connect with and be able to connect with as many people as possible. And that, that's why we make art. It's so we leave behind artifacts of like what human connection feels like and should it, through our lens, mm-hmm. you know. So... Um, yeah, placating your soul like that. It's the same thing that nicotine does. You know what I mean? It's the same thing. Like, uh, I've never done it, but like cocaine does. How's it been? Cause you've been dabbling with nicotine. Like when we hang out with particular people who smoke cigarettes or whatever. I mean, I haven't really had nicotine this whole year. Uh, we, we had COVID at the beginning of the year and I kind of just used that as the excuse to drop it. And, but you know, Drew hit me with a blunt the other day and I was like, 
I mean, you have to. Yeah, well, you could speak to it too. What do you think when you when you hit a blunt? I don't know. I don't feel like blunts. I don't even feel like I feel the tobacco from a blunt. I I enjoy a blunt, but I'm not like, ooh, there's my hit. Yeah. I, the weed overpowers it for me, but. I don't know. I I like a spliff is nice once in a while, but what I really miss and crave are the nicotine salts. Yeah, I know. Like I could think about that even right now. Like I don't when I don't think about them, I don't miss them. Mm-hmm. But anytime that we talk about nicotine and I think about how a nicotine salt would make me feel, I always think, "Oh, I would love to have one right now." So, but okay, could this work? Just offer yourself that feeling. The nicotine. Just feeling? offer yourself like what is that feeling? Like a little buzzed, a little I don't give a fuck. Grounded. Like I, cl- I clearly don't give a fuck. I put a thing that is making my gum line recede in my mouth. <laughs> I clearly don't give a fuck. Well, so I do there, give there a fuck because I won't nice do it since that. I started thinking about that. It like yeah, that. no, no, but like I'm, I'm saying that's one of the feelings it offers you. Not for, not for me, because I when I thought when, I, when as soon as I had that feeling of like fuck it, my gum lines receding, I did not touch <laughs> one of those things again. I was like, I'm good. Yeah, yeah, but. It does offer me. Let me see if I can tap into okay. it. It's like a heaviness. It's like a weighted blanket. Mm. You know? Yeah. Um, of kind of just like, it's almost like my heart drops too. Because mm-hmm. they're, and just kind of like, oh, I mean, I used it so many times when I'd be like overwhelmed or anxious. Like, I was like, this is a goddamn miracle drug. It, I mean, it is. Like, I'm it jumping is. out of it's my skin addictive. and I take one of these and I'm like, Mm. It's a fucking instant Xanax. I mean, I don't even know it. What? <laughs> Not really, but like kind of. Uh, totally like oral, changes. Yeah. Or a body level, you mm-hmm. know, because it kind of like you have this energetic body and it takes your energetic body and it like if it's buzzing like this, it kind of just like. Whoosh. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's too effective at that. And plus it's like you and I love rides, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, right. Come on. Yeah. We love a ride. Yeah. So you take this thing and you're like, it's a ride. Mm-hmm. It's like a ride into the depths, but it's still a ride. Yeah. And it's it's crazy too, because you can have that ride like right in front of other people and not even miss a sentence in the conversation. If totally. anything, it make you more sharp, you know? Yeah, totally. Well, I don't know. It affects you and Mare differently than me. When you and Mare take nicotine of any kind, whether it's Hop A or, or these pouches or Mare's whatever. very just, sensitive. Yeah. She'll like need to lie down. Yeah. That's how I was a little bit, but I think I'm. No other drug does that to Mare. And she had never messed around with nicotine before she met us. No other drug that We're does such that great to influences. I know. If anyone here has bought nicotine salts because of us, we. Uh, I'm sorry. We're so sorry. Yeah. Don't ever follow whatever we're doing because we're just being transparent about like our inputs and whatever. We're, we're trying to figure out what works for us to basically extract the most creativity from these bodies that sometimes get really tired. You yeah. know. So, uh, you know. But but anything that's as addictive as nicotine, which I don't know if there really is many things, I'm immediately suspicious of. Like, we came on here our last episode and we were praising 2CB. Amazing drug. If I wanted it again the next day and the next day and the next day, I would be saying the opposite about it than what we did. I think it was an incredibly memorable, life-changing, transcendent experience. But... If I needed it again the next day and the next day and the next day and the next day, you can rest assured I wouldn't have even spoken its praises to begin with. Because I don't want anyone to be relying on anything. It sucks. I'm not even relying on the nicotine salts at all. Well, I, I clearly, mean, I, we haven't done them in six months. 
but your mom would say like how she's like hasn't smoked a cigarette in probably 40 years or whatever. She hasn't smoked a cigarette since uh, before she was pregnant with me. And you're turning 41 in a week or something. Yeah. Um. So, but she's like, I want, I would smoke a cigarette right now. I, I, I still she, crave She says cigarettes. I would become a full-time smoker right now. If she, if she knew she would die fast from a heart attack, she says, but she's like, I'll die slow with a fucking, you know, yeah. throat cancer or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. Her father died of stomach cancer. Yeah. He used to smoke fucking Dutch masters. Not, not like we smoke them, not break them open and put some weed in there. He just fucking smoke up Dutch master fucking gnarly and he got stomach cancer and i guess his kids don't like saying it was because he smoked cigars but it's like no that's what cigars would that's that's how they would get you you know you're swallowing this stuff all the fucking time and it's just stomach cancer is one of the worst ways to go out so yeah but she quit um and i i grew up with my dad smoking two three packs of fucking cowboy killers every day still does Still yeah. does. So I always had the example of like, that's what not to do. This is just such a stupid drug to get hooked on. You know, like what a fucking dumb thing. My dad spends like 20 to $40 a day on cigarettes. Mm-hmm. It's insane. He's 70 years old. So, uh, yeah, it was crazy that I ever even dabbled with nicotine, having those examples from my life. But quarantine kind of got the best of me. Well, the hape comes into you in this like spiritual way. It came through the hape, yeah. It came in from ayahuasca ceremonies and then having some yeah. hape and then... Yeah, I loved ayahuasca and then, you know, you just meet a bunch of people that are into ayahuasca and one of them blows this fucking tobacco up your nose and you're like, Jesus Christ, I've never had anything in my nose, let alone fucking tobacco. And yeah, that started a pretty gnarly fucking habit where I like, I remember visiting up here once and I was like, I have to quit hape. I like 100% need to stop doing this. Oh, you were doing it all day, every day. It was kind of gross. Yeah. It's just, it's a disgusting habit all day, every day and just fucking terrible. I remember when I first got introduced to it, people telling me like, I used, I can't even have that stuff around. I would, I'll use it like Coke. And I'm like, what? And then I did that. (laughs) And then that led to just a much more open mind towards spliffs and spliffs are insane. They're the best. Like, it really is one of the top pleasures for me. Really. Mm -hmm. It's the best. It's so good that I can't. I have to have discipline about it. I can't really just allow it in my life. Yeah, nicotine is, like, one of these chemicals or spirits or whatever that is, like, so good. How could it be bad? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or it's, like, so Well, nicotine itself is not that bad. Besides, you're addicted to it. But, like, taking the nicotine salts, like, when I first did that, I was like, I didn't even know life could feel like this. Yeah, it's just like... I'm I'm running on, like... Yeah. I'm a hamster on a wheel. Sometimes I gotta get off, and this thing allows me to fucking chill the fuck out. Yeah, totally. But, to answer your question, how do I feel when, like, a blunt gets reintroduced, or, like, when we were at Forest, I smoked a couple spliffs. It sucks. It's great in that moment, but I can't even enjoy that moment as much anymore. Because I know I'm a daily runner and I know what it's going to be like the next day. Mm-hmm. And it sucks. It sucks. And I guess I used to, when I was smoking spliffs, just run through it and just be like, all right, whatever, this is my life. But having had clear lungs now for so long and running and going back to like, all right, even smoking a joint is crazy. Like we've been vaping. So even smoking a joint, I can feel the difference the next day. My lungs feel a little heavier. I'm like needing to like cough shit up and spit it out while I'm running. It's disgusting. And I want to be good at that because it's like, 
a very important practice to me. So it feels like I'm prioritizing my temple over uh, some chemical. I like to smoke a joint every once in a while. Yeah, but I mean, that's the thing. You can do stuff that I can, you know what I mean? Like if I start smoking joints, I'm going to be smoking joints. Yeah. And you can kind of take I can a be little... like once a week, I'll be like, let me hit that joint. Or yeah. like every night I'll hit a little bit. Yeah, you're the same same way with um, with ketamine, with nicotine. I with probably whatever. could have these nicotine salts in my life. I yeah. probably do them like once of yeah, totally. every two weeks or yeah, something. Just like, oh yeah, those, and you just take one, and you'd be like, whoa, that was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, in Abu Dhabi, that's what got me going on the nicotine again. Yeah. In Abu Dhabi, our last couple of days, like I was like, I'm gonna do this nicotine that this guy has. Um, our PA had. He was smoking these little bowls, like the tiniest amount you could even, the smallest bowl you could have of this tobacco. I can't remember the name, but it's this Middle Eastern tobacco. It's very famous. It's very strong. Probably the strongest thing I've ever come across in terms of nicotine. And uh, smoked some of those, and that really, that got me going again a little bit. And I'm like, wow, this is fucking insane. This is insane what it does to you. And But... I don't know. I think it kind of helped me too. So, so it's like a neurotropic or something. What nootropic. Is nootropic. <laughs> neurotropic. <laughs> it's the tropics of your neuroses. Um, kind of. Yeah, but yeah, it, it, I, I, I fucking loved it. You saw the last couple days there. I was like, let me hit that shit. You know, so I was like hitting it very indiscriminately. And there was a moment where. Um, it was our last day there and I was just like, all right, I'm not going to have access to this stuff too much more. Let me get another hit. And I, I hit it and I was like, I was like in the clouds and I was like, let me just take one more hit. And that put me back into, and I'd forgotten about the realm of like, um, nicotine paralysis or, or like, like overdosing on nicotine. You know, that feeling? Yeah. Are you, you know what I'm talking well, about? Well, you can take them from a six nicotine salt. Yeah. You're just like, yeah. You're like, oh, your stomach starts hurting a little bit and the cold sweats start happening <laughs> and you can try to ignore those and then your mouth starts watering. <laughs> and yeah. then it's just like, oh, I feel like I'm going to pass out. Like, oh no, I'm not. I, we're stuck in traffic while this is happening I need to, to me. use the bathroom. I need to use the bathroom uh, right now. I'm probably going to puke too. And I'm destroying my whole outfit with just cold sweats this was happening to me in abu dhabi while we're driving around and like everyone else is holding a normal conversation i'm like turning up the ac and putting the fans towards me and shit like just fucking totally losing my mind and then we got to our destination and like everyone else is acting normal and i'm like sitting there like holy fuck please oh my god please 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 let this pass this is not a city where you can just be fucked up Mm-hmm. nobody's fucked up. You know what I mean? This isn't a city where you just go puke on the side of the thing and no one notices. Like this is, there's cameras everywhere. There's security everywhere. There, we're white. So everyone's looking at us everywhere we go. And I like all that compounding. Like it was like a fucking gnarly trip. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, never again. This is like, this is all the warning you needed, dude. Just don't do it. Half hour later back at it again (laughs) (laughs) isn't that insane (laughs) yeah we're fools what are you gonna do yeah what are you gonna do but i i mean i think um stimulants and this country and therefore the world's reliance on it is really keeps the capitalist machine alive and i think um 
compounds a lot of the the scarier violence that we see. I think it's I think that's something that um doesn't get talked about a lot because I think it might offend people or whatever, but like I don't know, with all these like school shootings and cops out of control and this and that, like do we ever want to factor in like the influence of Adderall and coffee mm-hmm. and Red Bulls and just the culture of, of just energy and overstimulation, what that does to people, what it does to people's patience, mm. you know, what it does to people's clear headed thinking, what it does to people's feeling of feeling actually connected, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I think a lot of those things play a factor in how terrifying this place is. You know, I grew, I grew up in a coffee household, like my parents just crushing pots of coffee not cups pots of coffee it was scary you know they're not violent or anything like that but everything gets louder and more intense and like you can't hear that's what the stimulation does to you i feel like that's what stimulants do to you and i think it's why it's so fun and it's why it feels like an escape like hey i can get a lot done and i don't have to listen to anyone else i literally can't hear them <laughs> i literally cannot fucking feel what you're saying because i'm my nervous system is hijacked right now by a chemical yeah and um yeah i mean i just think it's it's worth considering like as i consider it for my temple mm-hmm. and as i'm i'm saying like oh when i do that it definitely has these consequences if I drink even a little bit of that stuff, I'm not going to be able to sleep and I'm going to wake up tomorrow feeling like this. I'm going to need that stuff again. Well, you're so sensitive too that it's interesting to be around you when I try different things because you'll be like, Cass, like you are fucking... You're out of your mind. Out of your mind. <laughs> I'll just be like... You'll be like, yo, can you slow it down? Yeah, yeah. So I can get that reflection. It's helpful. No, it's it's weird because I think a lot of the, the stimulants that... um make people like this actually do the opposite to me Mm. you know the ones that make people like a like a chatterbox actually just like like when we take molly it's actually fucking great because i'm like i usually am probably doing the majority of the talking and expressing in our relationship and you're more listening and reacting it just switches and it's awesome it's like we need that we definitely need that once a season oh yeah for you to hear everything that's going on in my head yeah, ju- well, just also, like, just seeing you like that. It's, like, it's fucking awesome. Like, just, just loving yourself and everything so much that you have, like, a lot of ideas and you want to, and you're expressing them very clearly. And it's just, yeah, it's really cool. I think it's really cool. It's not what Molly does to me. Molly, Molly actually just, like, it it makes me quieter, you know? Yeah, because it, it probably has to do with our relationship to loving ourselves. Like, yeah, if I don't love myself, I keep quiet. If you don't love yourself, you... external you overcompensate yeah yeah that's true yeah so like i remember this lincoln quote from a young age like it's better to keep your mouth shut and let people think you're stupid than to open your mouth and prove them right or something that really stuck with me but here i am on a podcast letting people know (laughs) i'm stupid countless countless hours of content out there that's why you're like why is this so hard for you i'm like well i'd rather not people know that i'm stupid but i guess we'll do it again (laughs) yeah but it's there is something nice about just you know being the person who's just like whatever i don't fucking care i'm gonna get on here and i'm gonna talk it's gonna be a little diary entry and we say a prayer every time that hopefully this reaches and helps somebody in some way. At least we're in it together. Yeah. Well, I, I think... It's um, weird life. 
I, I just watched a really inspiring, I don't even know if I could recommend this to everyone, but there's this thing uh, someone posted on our Discord called The Show About The Show. And it's uh, it's this filmmaker, Kaveh, I can't remember his last name. Can't I can't pronounce it, but he he made um a a show called Tripping with Cave where he him and Will Oldham took mushrooms together and he's in um Waking Life. He has one of the most profound scenes in Waking oh, Life. Oh yeah. Yeah, okay. Where he's he's talking about God and mm-hmm. you know, obviously. But he made this thing called the show about the show. And um yeah, it sets a new high bar for like honesty and vulnerability. Like where where you're going past the point of like 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 this guy by the end of the series like he's barely even likable like you're watching him go through major life changes but the way he's so honest with himself and everyone around him is so refreshing like even though like it doesn't fit in our way of life right now that if more people were like this guy the world would be a better place it might take us a minute to kind of get used to the, like, the sticky, Do like... Do you feel a kinship with this guy? No. In a weird way, like, I, I think we do a lot of the same... I think pe- people would compare us. I think people could compare us. But he's more of a, like, self-trolling, like, I don't know, the self-deprecating. Like, he's in his movies. Mm-hmm. And they're about his neuroses. And, it's like, I would compare him more to our boy John Wilson. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he had a big influence on John Wilson. I think this show in particular had a big influence on John Wilson. And, uh, yeah, he's he's the man. But he's he's so brutally honest with himself and the people around him that it's, like, it's new territory and cringe. Like, really, really. And, um, but there's something so fucking refreshing about it. And you think about that attitude applied across the board it would would really i think move the needle a little bit <laughs> yeah it, because because i think in the end i think people end up liking you more even if there's this this part of the thing well I think you're people, a pretty pretty honest person i would say like i think you fall in that category of like maybe not self-deprecating but like you'll tell at least the people closest to you how you feel like you don't yeah. sugarcoat things like you're yeah if you get to that point with me yeah. I think it sounds good what you're saying and it sounds like me, but the truth is you have to get very close to me to get that version of me. Mm-hmm. Like I can only really think of like three or four people that are like that in my life right now where I'm like, so yeah, they're just cutting through, you know, whatever. I'm like that with you. I'm like that with Mara. I'm definitely like that with my parents, but you know, a lot of other people, I think I, I'm much more concerned with presenting as, like, kind of just chill. And it's easy probably breezy. for the best because your opinions about them are, like, moot. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's the way I think of it. It's yeah. like, who cares? Like, what what am I going to try to change somebody? What am I going to try to change the landscape instead of the lens? What am I, fucking jag off? Like, I know better. Mm-hmm. I know better. This guy is more, more like a Larry David in mm-hmm. a way where you're like, yo, this is some, like, autistic level of honesty. Like, mm-hmm. where, like, hey, man, like, you don't even need to be that real with me, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, he in this show, he's, he's like, he's married. His wife's in the show. His real wife is in the show. And he starts talking about how he's in love with his co-stars and shit. Mm-hmm. And that he needs to tell his wife that he has feelings for this person. It, it, like, like in just, just, like, cringe where I'm just like, oh, God, keep it to yourself, man. But then you, but then you see the way it plays out and you're like, that fucking worked out for that motherfucker. 
he ended up having relationships with his co-stars or how? you'll see you know if you want to watch i don't want to spoil the show for anyone but like i it, it just it i've talked about this before like when, when you when you reach that level of honesty or whatever the whatever the demarcation of that thing is in your life maybe it's something else but for me it's it's honesty it's honesty with myself and being able to be honest with the people around you it's kind of like a spiritual ascension where you pop up to that level, it's going to be very, very, very uncomfortable at first because the reactions you're going to get. Well, most of the, like, I think a lot of people wouldn't approach life the way that you would because they'd be scared of losing the people in their life by mm-hmm. being honest about what they want or need or whatever it is. And I think... I'm scared about that too. Yeah. But I'm more scared to not have my needs met. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's fair. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like I don't, I don't want to offend anybody. It mortifies me when I when I think that I've offended somebody or hurt their feelings. Like it's one of the worst fucking. I carry around a lot of residual Catholic guilt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like the automatic uh, go-to reaction to everything, you know. So yeah, if somebody starts fucking making me feel like I made them feel a certain way, yeah, it bothers me. I want to be better. <laughs> Yeah, well, I I think the point is really just to say, like, that's the thing is, like, if you can be honest with what, like, it's you serve, you serve people probably the best when you're on, because then you're living in alignment with who you are and what you need and being unapologetic about it. And then if you do that, the people in your life can either decide, A, I'm here for the ride and I can meet these needs or I'm interested in trying to make you happy. Or they could say, like, thanks, but no thanks. Like, Mm -hmm. maybe you're not meeting my needs either or... I want to do something else with my life than worry about meeting your needs or whatever it is. But like, you can't have those conversations unless you are just honest about what you want and need in this life. You will. And it, it all starts with being honest with yourself. And that's like a really long and ongoing conversation. Like sometimes I really tap into that conversation going on with myself. And sometimes I'm like bombarding my receptors with, uh, with drugs to, make it not feel as intense Mm. yeah i think early on like my mom kind of i used to complain to my mom a little bit about this like really long time ago but she we've both come to like your method because you would always say this isn't working for me like in our relationship like this isn't working for me and then i started using it like because i mean honestly i don't i don't i'm not as particular as you are about certain things so i don't have as many like lines that you cross that Mm -hmm. like i'm like this isn't working for me But when I do, now I use that line, you know, it usually has to do with my dad or something like that. Like, yeah, like you got to be nice to my dad or this isn't working for me or whatever it is, you know. Um, But I think it's kind of like my mom likes it, too. She's like, I want to use that. It's fucking fuck all this like shit. Like this isn't working for me. Just put it out there. (laughs) Literally, it's so inherent to who I am. I'm surprised anyone else has even noticed this or spoken of it. You know what I'm saying? Because to me, that's just being a director. Yeah. It's like, okay, cool. We're trying this. It's not working. Let's try something else. Like, yeah. what? Are, like you know, like in what I do, in the art that I practice, right. that's that's an option. So, you know, as above, so below. Yeah. Let's see if this works in the relationship. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't working for me right now. I can't even think, like, you're, you're, you've been, you're such an angel to me. Uh, I can't even think what those things could have been, but. Uh, I can't remember either, but there's, it's all, like, whatever. Yeah. Our relationship's better than ever. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, we're doing good. That this far into something, you know, like, I, it's hard for me to even access, like, 
Ooh, the things that cast does it gets under my skin. Like it's hard for like I don't I don't know. Like you're tremendously beautiful and talented and patient with me. Ditto. What else can I really you're fun to be around and down for whatever and so sexy. Thanks. The ditto. Heck am I, you know what I mean? Like what, what the heck Sometimes I get mad at you and I have complaints. Yeah. But I've realized that I just process them. Yeah. And they're really like kind of more extension of complaints I have about myself. Yeah. Than even about you. Uh, that's always the case with me. And it's like, it's like, like I keep thinking like, oh, I just need to tell someone how much I, I haven't thought yeah. this recently, yeah. but like, like I need a therapist so I could just talk about, cause I can't, I don't want to talk to Mare about you cause I don't want to give her. Like, she has her own relationship with you. She loves me. And she loves you. We're, like, in the first two years of this thing. Yeah, and I don't want to, like... And I've done... Yeah, you want to know. And I've definitely done my fair share of that, as you've done your fair share of talking shit about me to her. Yeah, of course. But I don't think it's, like, us at our best. It's not us at our best, but it's also not us at our worst, because I think we could both really have run with with that like oh we have another person here now let's fucking unload on them i think let's make our case it's always been petty things like in the moment like ah, oh, you see what, what cast does yeah. you know like it's just always something like that it's yeah. not like here's the story of Cass and why she sucks like it, I, I couldn't even begin to conjure that yeah but things just like energy just moves like life moves so quickly that like the less i concern myself with you and what you're doing and the more i concern myself with what i'm doing like the happier my life is yeah like my life is not happy when i think that you need to change or if only you would be this way or if only like i don't care like i love you but and i want you to do great but like what you want to say or do to me or whatever it is, it's like, it's whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love, I've like realized I love you so much that I'm in this and we're going to go through this thing that these periods of like think with things being tougher or whatever is like the way out. I can convince myself. It's like, it's you, you know? Mm. Yeah. Like if you could just wake up to being a better person to being more like you to being more like me yeah. then would be okay yeah. but i really just need to be my best self yeah. because that's like you the just best need to be more like you i need to be more like me yeah because that influences you if i'm like hey Always. hey i'm doing great i haven't been like scroll hauling and i'm really just trying to make the best of this time up here and i suggest you uh, like if you want to meet me and doing the same and you mm. have and like not that it was my idea versus your idea it's just like we remind each other yeah of how we can take care of ourselves or that like you're like i'm taking care of myself by running and i'm like it makes me want to do those things you've been good about it you've been pretty good about that yeah up here it's hard i I think this is all it's part of the the bigger conversation of chilling on stimulants too is um just uh, just realizing when you chill on stimulants when just realizing how everything is changing and how fast life is moving without the aid of that stuff it becomes harder to pick it back up, I think. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I'm just like... I know. I want to like slow down time. I- exactly. I think, that's why I love weed. And that's why I think a lot of people don't understand us. Because we don't come up to Maine and are like, we want to do this, this, and this. And then we got to see this. No. And we're like, we're in a really beautiful place. Let's like slow let's, down and let's enjoy it. Let's slow it down. Like I want to... I, I could sit in that room up there and just watch the sun go down all day. I love it. I'm yeah. totally fine. It's like... It's totally cool. And, you know, I think of stuff like this. It's like, 
and I need this in, in, in within every week of my life, probably within every day. And this is what meditation is about, but like kind of like a fermentation period. Mm. Like I need to go away and, uh, get magic and, you know, accumulate my magic and my powers and everything. So I have something to offer to the world. Yeah. You know, and I, I think sometimes, not not sometimes, a lot of times, what we do is we try to keep up at the with the speed of of life or the speed of our social circles or the speed of uh, what we perceive is going on on Instagram, and we we get into these mindsets of just like it's not enough, it's not enough, it's not enough, and that's where stimulants come in and really fucking save the day sometimes. But if you put them on hold for a second and you take sovereignty over your fucking nervous system again, you realize like the magic that you possess within each day to do what you're saying to slow things down or speed them up, you know? Yeah. To like enjoy the process or just like, okay, we're going to make a beautiful meal and it's going to be delicious and yeah. it's going to be colorful and we're going to enjoy the, the food and we're going to sit down next to each other and yeah. we're going to say gonna a enjoy prayer. Every moment of, of the making of this and yeah. the presentation and the eating of it and the cleaning up and all of that. And that's like where the value of the tidiness comes because when your space is tidy, you can enjoy your space. You're yeah. not thinking like, Oh, it's, that's gross or it's not distracting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, gross. Yeah. I feel like, um, this just went by so quick. Great. So do you want to do another one? You want to get on the Patreon? Sure. That'd be really fun. Okay. Maybe we get a little bit looser, talk to our real friends. Okay. <laughs> Let's see what happens over there. We'll see what happens over there. But um, we're Sean and Cass. It's the Very A Podcast. If you want to join us for more, and there's a lot of cool stuff on there too, patreon.com slash church of chill. It really means the world to us. We're artists. We're putting out free content all the time. All of our art is free. And... Um, one of the best ways you could show your appreciation and show us that you want us to keep doing it is to help us out and sign up for our Patreon, patreon.com slash church of chill. We'll keep the music flowing on there and the good vibes, bonus podcasts, all kinds of shit. Awesome. And I'm going to shout out Mare's uh, readings. Go to the yes. podcast that before this that we did with Mare and in the description, there's a way to get um, an astrological chart reading done with her. And she has a few options. You can ask her current questions about what's going on in the sky or whatever. But it's just such a service. And her, our relationship with her has like allowed me to really tap in and calm down into who I am. And that's knowledge that she's really good at deciphering and sharing. Yeah. So it's good as a gift or for yourself. I highly recommend. It's so. one of those things like Mare must have just had a coming to Jesus moment with, with wanting to do this. The whole time I've known her, I've known this was her part of her destiny. Mm -hmm. You know, like she, she, she was a tattooer and now she's a musician and she's pursuing, she's so good at music that it's like, yeah, she's pursuing that. She's so good at this other thing too, that she was always kind of like, oh, whatever. And now she's open to doing readings and I don't know how long she's going to be open to doing readings, but get one while yeah, you can. Knowing her, I would jump on this while she's yeah, offering it. Yeah. Cause she's kind of like us. She chases the muse and that muse could shift. So yeah. And, um, yeah, it's, it's just very helpful. I was someone that didn't even ever think twice about astrology. If anything, I didn't believe in it. And I did a reading, um, a few years ago. That's been like the guidepost for my life. Really. It's, it taught me so much about myself in a two hour little conversation with somebody more than any therapist ever could, could offer. So, uh, yeah. Check out Mare's readings and check out her music. That's our girl. Yeah. Yeah. 
And uh, yeah, once again, we're Sean and Cass, Fairy Eight Podcast, patreon.com slash church of chill. Peace, love, and magic. Thanks for joining us. <laughs>